0: You're listening to the most authentic place in sports. It's the sports headline show. Here are your hosts, Sean Davis and Warner Sanker. Welcome back, everybody. Beautiful people to the fourth installment, number 29th ranked team, here are our preseason power rankings, and it is gonna be the Atlanta Falcons. That's the B drops right there. Uh we are bringing you the fourth installment to our preseason power rankings where we rank. All 32 teams based on roster potential and coaching. Um, and without further ado, let's get into it. Um, straight into it. The Atlanta Falcons are gonna be the 29th team. Uh, and their their budding superstar, Kyle Pitts, um, will try to lead this team to glory. Although if that's I'm rating touch anything, I don't we don't think it's gonna happen. I will preference this by saying,
1: because we said this, we we had a very similar team last season where we went into that episode and we said, they're nine and they were 30th, actually. We were like,
0: you know what? This goes right. This goes uh, This, 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 this,
1: this, 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 and this goes right. They could be a playoff team. And (laughs) everything went right for that team for the most part, and they got some luck. But they were a playoff team. That team was Philadelphia Eagles. Now, they had some more for sure things. Like, the offensive line, we were like, just stay healthy. Yeah, so Your pass rushers, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Stanley. Graham. Brandon Graham got hurt, but, like, stay healthy. We did not anticipate Darius Slay having his good year. He had Jalen Hurts being a somewhat okay quarterback. You're in a good spot here. We love Devonta Smith. And not saying the Falcons are, like, that for sure of a team. But we were like, this is going to be a very optimistic show. We are like, there, there's some pieces on this team we like. Um, and, and I think if you're a Falcons fan, there is some room to be optimistic about. And I think part of it is because of that guy right there, Kyle Pitts. But let's look at your notable additions and departures.
0: There were a lot of There's them.
1: a lot of them. Um, so obviously, Matt Ryan, you, you move on to a new phase of your organization. You let you trade Matt Ryan to the Indianapolis Colts. You also let go Russell, uh, Russell Gage. Ty J Sharp, Hayden Hurst goes to the Bengals. Mike Davis leaves as well. We thought he could be a big piece of that offense last season. Just didn't turn out that way. Dante Fowler Jr. feels like he's been there forever for no reason, so good for them, I guess. <laughs> Steven Means, Forsyth Loekun. Did I do that right?
0: Forsyth.
1: Dang it. Uh, Fabian Moreau, Deron Harmon. Those are your big departures. But your additions, I think you got some nice additions as well. Marcus Mariota, likely going to be a starting quarterback, or at least to start of the season. Brian Edwards, which was a freaking steal. I don't know why, why, did the, why Raiders did the Raiders do that. Yeah. Thank you, Raiders, I guess, but I don't understand why you did that. Um, Auden Tate bringing him in as well. He's just a really nice blocking uh, wide receiver. I almost caught him a tight end, but honestly, yeah. he could be one. Anthony Berkser, I think coming from Tennessee, following Arthur Smith. Now he's there. Lorenzo Carter is an edge rusher. Rashawn Evans, he's definitely following from Tennessee. Um, Nick Kukowski giving us. ETSD memories from from some Chargers franchise rebuilds. off
0: that linebacker room, though, their run defense was putrid last year.
1: And then Casey Hayward as well. You're going to see when we get to the defense, there's some areas of this defense we're really, really high on. And, uh, okay, let's talk about the draft really, really quickly.
0: In the eighth pick of the 2022 (laughs) NFL draft. Not even saying – The Falcons select. Drake London, not
1: even saying that – the position was the wrong one. They probably could have went, like guard because freaking Jr. Murrayfield is terrible. Um, or one of these other maybe another tackle. I mean, Caleb McGray is fine, um, or some other position. But you go wide receiver, okay, cool. But you took you took the fifth best receiver in the draft, and then you took the one that is not the best scheme fit, and even if you're like, You could talk me into it slightly. But then you look at the quarterbacks you have, you're like, this makes absolutely no sense because exactly. of the quarterbacks you have. The rest of the draft, for the most part, I have no big problem with. Arno Biquite, I think I did that right, from Penn State. I like that a lot. I had him as a late first-round pick. You get him early in the second round, that's good value. Troy Anderson, beefy up that linebacker room. Desmond Ritter, we're going to talk a lot about him in just a quick moment. D'Angelo Malone and uh, Tyler... Allegier. Allegier? there we go. Um, so I like the draft for the most part. I just think they made the mistake. It went with the wrong receiver. We'll talk more on that when we get to receivers. Let's dive into this quarterback room here. Nope, Coach Hanske. This is going to rank 16th. See, I jumped the gun. That's fine. But Arthur Smith, we were high on him going to last year. And I think he showed, at least as of right now, he is an above average, pretty much good play caller. Again, guys, a quick reminder if you are new, ignore not completely ignore but really don't pay attention to the number that they get in terms of rank they rank 16th but really pay attention to the score they get 7.70 uh it's great out of 10 7 being average 8 being good 9 being elite and so on and so forth they get a 7.70 for this offensive coaching and scheme
0: which without question is the best for the bad teams in the league
1: it's definitely the best out of these four really really bad teams in the entire nfl and Arthur Smith, this is why we, we talked about this. We kind of teased at it in the last uh, roster breakdown with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So you have a coach that we really feel confident in, and That's going to raise your ceiling as an offense, as a team in general. Because we're being honest, you take out Arthur Smith, this offense would not be ranked 26. Not because coaching and scheme does have a big factor into your offensive grade. You're running this West Coast wide zone Shanahan offense. He's kind of more the shanahan guy where it's a lot more, 12 personnel, heavy packages, two wide receiver sets and stuff like that, um, two tight ends. So he's going to be more of the Shanahan of all Shanahans, to be completely honest with you. But he's a great he's a great play caller, and he made Ryan Tannehill look like a genius in Tennessee.
0: And he kind of revived Matt Ryan's he career. Kind of revived
1: Matt Ryan's career last season as well, uh, which we also kind of expected a little bit because Matt Ryan's best season in his career was with, with Kyle, Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan. Um
0: so where he stole an MVP. Stole right? MVP.
1: Uh, so let's now finally get into this quarterback room. We're going to rank twenty seventh, five point eight zero. Um, Marcus Mariota. It's Man. Marcus Mariota.
0: Yep. one read, athletic runs, um, and speedy and, go fast. Yeah, we'll we'll explain later. Um, but we think that the certain collection of receivers, offensive line, and lack of pass protection will end up both uh, making Marcus Mariota less efficient and also stunt Desmond Ritter's growth. We also have that asterisk there by Felipe Franks. The Falcons announced they were moving him to receiver reps, but uh, he technically is the third quarterback on this roster, so yeah. I figured we'd note there.
1: Yeah, man, the, the problem with Marcus Mariota, I mean, he has an average arm, one read and dip. I wouldn't be surprised Desmond Ritter actually becomes the starter at some point this season. Yeah. I personally thought outside of a maybe Matt Corral, he was the most quarterback ready, ready uh, QB in the entire draft class. I'm not sure if Warner agrees with that or not, but um, I, I think one of the biggest things Warner does not agree with that, but um, one of the biggest things I think was a big positive for Desmond Ritter was his ability to go through his reads and make the proper progressions, and he has a not a bad arm. He has about an average NFL arm which is fine. I think really the thing was his ball placement is a little bit spotty. But I think the best thing he has is some of his mobility, his ability to scramble and run and extend plays and use his uh, mental side of the game and go through his reads. But, man, this offensive line is so daggone bad. We're going to get to that in a second, and your receivers can't really create separation. Lack of running
0: game, lack of separation from receivers, poor offensive line, you're almost forced pl- to.
1: Poor pass blocking on yeah, the offensive you're, line. More you're than almost anything. forced
0: to be a one-read and dip quarterback.
1: Yeah, so that's unfortunate. I will give them some benefit of the doubt. Again, this is the most quarterback-friendly scheme in the
0: quarterback, receiver, running game, and offense and line. line.
1: This is the most offense-friendly scheme in the entire NFL, and it's not that close, honestly. Like
0: Jimmy Garoppolo, Andy Reid's scheme puts a lot of emphasis on fast receivers and very talented quarterbacks. Michael Vick, Patrick Mahomes. Um I I really can't think of many A Josh McDaniel scheme places really high value in the mental side from the quarterback and um, receivers that can that can just run short routes, get open quick, get open, let the quarterback go through his reads. wrap to catch. Um, yep. And, yep. And 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 whereas this scheme both schemes receivers opens, takes pressure off the offensive line, keeps defenses on their heels by giving same disguised looks. It gives the quarterback an easier read, less reads. And um lets the receivers really make plays like the athletes they are after the catch, um, which will lead us into the running back room, which aside from quarter patterson they have Damian Williams, sure they drafted Tyler Alligir. Um, but it's it's really not a running back room that's gonna get you um going, although expected to perform better than it would in say uh um Power eye set, I guess. Power
1: eye set, yeah. The big thing with Cordell Patterson is, you know, he really fell off a little bit towards the last five, six weeks of the season. You really saw him being this every down back where he's, you know, being utilized really, really well in the receiving game and in the run game. He had a, a 100 yard rushing camp against the Jacksonville Jaguars, another good game against Tampa, week 13. But Man, week 15 against the Niners and then week 16 against the Detroit Lions, and really those those last few weeks of the season, man, he really, really struggled um in the in the run game. But I think we'll really just see his big um his big impact come in the receiving game. But again, this is the most quarterback and offense friendly scheme in the entire NFL. So I just think now you have a guy like a Damian Williams to get up, take some of the burden off that we thought Mike Davis would, but just never really panned out. Yeah. Hopefully, if that does work, you did draft Tyler Alliguer, Alliguer, uh, as well to try to take some of that burden off. Make just more of a running back room by committee, and then allow Patterson to be special in the kick return game. It, it, was, it was so bad, bad meaning like they used him for everything last season that we had to make. He was, back make, up he, was he was backup safety pretty much, and then we had to give an award called the Court Do Everything Award just to feel like because what he did last year, he was, was the incredible. Atlanta. He was it the was Atlanta. Incredible. It was the Atlanta Falcons offense. That, that man
0: is so dangerous with the ball in his hands. They did anything they could do to anything get, the ball, to get, to get the ball in his hands. Um, but I'm afraid that his production won't really change that much due to them running out the same offensive line that they pretty much had last year. Uh, but first, let's take a stop at the receiving room and the Drake London, Brian Edwards, Olamide, Warner Olamide? Uh, Warner's
1: the one struggling with the names this time. Shocker. No, I'm not. I'm not that that that's okay. You got a big bro. Um, But Drake London. All right, let's talk about it now. Let, let, let's talk about the pick. Again, like we said at the start, I don't mind going receiver. And I think Warner disagrees on that. But I don't mind going receiver. I mind you taking the fifth best receiver on the board. And I mind you taking one that does not really fit the scheme. Again, you can kind of talk me into it. IE AJ Brown a little bit. But the biggest thing is he doesn't even fit the quarterback you have where you have quarterbacks like Desmond Ritter, who's a rookie, and Marcus Mariota, who needs more separating receivers who can get open in the shorts intermediate game and let them play make for themselves. Gary Wilson, Chris Olave, any of these guys. Hell, Traylon Burks, I thought would have been a better pick here than Drake London. you
0: James Williams. James well.
1: Williams as well. Hell, if you wanted to take a, a big reach, John Mechie, I thought would have been a better scheme fit and a better... I don't know if I
0: would go that far, but I mean, Mechie in the second round would, would have been phenomenal for him.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Drake London, well, let's be positive. Like, I guess a he, he has, a lot of potential.
0: A uh, Very good physical traits. Um, He's going to go up again. something that uh, he could definitely work on is his route running. But could Drake, be a very, very limited potential, very potent, uh, Potentially a very dangerous uh, even separator um, years ahead,
1: not this year. Years ahead, not this year. Um, I just don't understand. Now, kudos to that, man. They got Brian Edwards. Again, I'm not sure how they were able to talk it. I mean, it was John Gruden and uh, Mike Mayock still uh, in the yeah. front office for the Raiders? I'm not sure how they were able to finagle their way into getting this deal done. Um, So give them credit. I know the guy could kind of take the top off the defenses and just be explosive in the receiving game. Kyle freaking Pitts is that's awesome. All, that's all you, that's, that's all you have Pitt. to say about him. Um, they took him at four last season, last year's draft. At the time, I'm still like, uh, eh, no, Justin Fields is there. I would have still, I still today, I'm rolling on my guns. You yeah. take Justin Fields there for as much of a stud that Kyle Pitts is. It just All,
0: made no and, and then they they still ended up getting still, rid of Matt Ryan. It, 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 of Matt made Ryan.
1: It. it made no sense not going Justin Fields. I think a lot of people are actually unnecessarily trashy on Justin Fields, but that's neither here nor there. That's a topic for in, uh, another video, obviously. He is what we thought
0: he would be, raw prospect coming out. Uh, Playing gonna, for
1: Matt Nagy as his head coach, he's unfortunately. He's struggles. He's he going to face struggles. Yeah. But Kyle Pitts, man, even though I didn't personally love the pick at the time, everything we said about him at the time is true. He was pound for pound the best player in that draft class. Um, he showed it last season, his red zone threat his ability to be split outside. Even though he
0: only scored one touchdown. Even though
1: he only scored uh, one touchdown. I would say that's
0: more due to the lack of um, skill set skill. that Matt Ryan has for the red and zone. just touches in the red um, zone. Yeah, just um, Matt Ryan. His only touchdown
1: Matt Ryan lacks
0: – it was against the Jets. It was against uh, the Jets in London, Matt I think. Matt Ryan lacks the mobility to extend plays and the arm talent and zip on the ball to squeeze into tight windows, yeah, which makes it very hard for him to produce in the red zone, especially to a guy like Kyle Pitts, who you'd think you could just throw a fade to and he'd go up and you know, get it. He'd just go five. up and get it. Uh, he um, ran an out route against the Jets. Uh, I, I, I think he'll ride. be
1: the definition of quarterback's best friend this year, whether it's with Desmond Ritter or with Marcus Mariota. we said
0: one read and dip, Kyle Pitts, Kyle that Pitts first is, how, is
1: that first read. <laughs> That's that's not a bad first read to have. Don't get us wrong. Not at all. Um, especially with again, you're receiving threats there, not being the best separators. Um, Auden Tate's a good run blocking receiver, actually. That our, our good buddy Warren, who's a Bengals fan, was suggesting to put him at tight end. That's how good of a run blocker he was.
0: Demir Bird is a speedy guy who can take the top off of defense. But again, Hodge great. come from the um, Browns. Not great with the uh, deep ball uh, in the in the Falcons quarterback room. Career.
1: Anthony Berkser uh, coming from the Titans. They're going to run some two tight end sets as well, losing Hayden Hurst last season. So this honestly is not probably going to be the 31st or the second to worst receiver room. But man, there's going to be significant changes so it's going to have to happen. Yeah. Uh, like, Brian Edwards on becoming a number one receiver, or Drake London develop <laughs> developing a route tree, developing a route tree. But let's talk about this offensive line. And oh my god, like okay, it's ranked twenty fifth. Jake Matthews is good. Chris Lettsrom is really back really good. The exact good. same, the
0: five, exact same
1: five on and the, the problem offensive is, line.
0: That left guard spot.
1: Yeah, and uh, is this appropriate time for a victory lap? Do
0: we want to have a Sean monologue here? A monologue.
1: A Shaunologue, oh, that's a good one. We 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 oh, got to get a, a sound effect, Shaunologue. Jalen Mayfield is bad at football. We were saying it. I was saying it last year when all these draft analysts are having him as a top fifteen, top twenty pick. I think I mocked him as a third round guard, and they took him in the first
0: round. I no, it, it had to be round like round. second
1: round or something like that. But um, bro, Jalen Mayfield. I, I I saw some of the run. I saw some of the, the potential in the run game. I, I saw that as a run blocker. I, I saw some of that potential. I did. I really, really did.
0: With that being said. With that
1: being said, third round. which technically, I guess, is good value based off of my projection. I said third round, but I still was like, mm, he's not a good football player. But I thought I had a slimmer of hope because of Arthur Smith. And with this scheme, I'm like, okay. The third round, run blocking scheme. Run blocking scheme. If not he's the gonna most be,
0: mobile guy, but most mobile in the guard, maybe it's it, it just a little bit of his responsibility. But no, he's
1: he was even in the run blocking, when he was getting just mauled, thrown down. He's not a good Guys football player. Into Guys are being to his spot. He's just not a good football player. And then you talk about the pass protection, which I thought was incredibly overrated, which people just hyped up like it was no tomorrow. He's a bad offensive lineman, and which is really unfortunate because Jake Matthews, who he's playing next to,
0: is still a good football player. Good. Maybe maybe a Hall of Famer, really. He's been around for a while. Um, I don't Lin- know about Hall of Famer, but Jake I, I, I Matthews. That's why I said maybe. But Chris Lindstorm uh, is a really, really good football
1: player. Caleb McGarry is probably as good as he's going to get, which is fine. He's about an average right tackle, which is not the worst thing in the world when he's not even your side tackle. Um, Man, Matt he Hennessy is meh. Right, I
0: guess.
1: but the biggest thing here is if one of these injuries, have, like let knock on wood, if you're a Falcons fan, but let's say Jake Matthews goes down or Chris Lindstrom goes down, like really? you have you have guys that can run to, run block like Jermaine Did uh, I get that right? Ifedy, dang it, um, you have guys on this offensive line in your depth that can help in the run blocking game and with your run offense. But Jake Matthews, Chris Lindstrom goes down then. RIP Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter because you're not going to be able to block a fly. Um, and there's already some very suspect things going on with this offensive line, um, which they I feel like they really just did not address enough. Warner, I mean, what's your biggest thoughts and problems with this offensive line?
0: Well, uh, I think things would have ended up a lot better uh, had they gone Justin Fields and then a guy like Charles Cross, who I take with the ninth pick. This year? Um, Yep. But uh, they made the choices they made, and now they're going to have to pay the price for it. And, and I touched on it briefly um, at the beginning of the, of the episode. You've got a guy like Marietta who's already shown he's a one-read-and-dip quarterback. He's certainly athletic enough to do it. But when you have a, uh, a triple-headed monster with a lack of separation um, by, by receivers, a lack of a run game to lean on for the quarterback, and a lack of pass protection in the offensive line – Combined with a quarterback whose tendency is to go one read and dip, it's not going to lead to a very efficient offense. Then, say you bench Marcus Mariota because you don't have a very good offense, you'll lean on Desmond Ritter, who definitely can go through his reads. He showed that at Cincinnati, but he's also athletic enough to be a quite effective one read and dip quarterback. And that's my fear, that he's going to end up uh, turning into, oh, I only have time for one read. So I'm going to get read. into the habit because... of looking at Kyle Pitts, looking at – uh, Drake London, and then scrambling because I'm scrambling athletic enough, life. good enough to to do it and, do and it. still pick up yards. By
1: the way, just for reference, again, it's my last point and to end off my rant. In a true pass set, Jalen Mayfield gave up 41 pressures. Or he allowed 41 pressures. Just in general on passing plays, in general, not even true pass sets. 57 pressures allowed. He's not a good football player. And rant. Let's wrap things up with the offensive strengths and weaknesses. You have some really dynamic playmakers here offensively. Uh, Cordell Patterson, obviously, being one of them. Kyle Pitts. I like the vertical stretching ability with a guy like Brian Edwards. Drake London, too.
0: I mean, Drake London, too,
1: with the ball in his hands. He's a go up and get it guy. Just the fact that just the pick did not make too much sense. But he does have some potential to be a great playmaker in his offense. You have some really solid run blocking, not named Jalen Mayfield, because he wasn't even good in that department either. Um, but, I mean, man, you have guys like Chris Lindstrom. Matt Hennessy was really, really good run blocking last year, especially with more of your zone schemes, which they're going to run a lot more of. He was the best zone blocker, actually, last season, in my opinion. Um, so you have some good zone block run blocking. And, again, quarterback-friendly scheme, really just the most offense-friendly scheme. And this is going back to giving credit to Arthur Smith and him being an actual good play caller. I think going into year two, establishing some more of his principles, I think it'd be a good year for him. Uh, biggest weakness: there's no real true separators. I mean, Kyle Pitts is cool, but outside of him, who he really relying to win a one-on-one matchup and separate the offensive line depth? We touched on that a little bit. If an injury goes down and
0: separate quickly, and separate of quickly that because
1: line of the end. offensive line. Um, if an injury goes down to Matthews, Lindstrom, or even Hennessy, honestly, rip. And your quarterback play. It's just not good enough to really be able to compete right away, um, which is unfortunate unless Desmond Ritter somehow year one is Justin Herbert. Um, that's still probably a wild comparison. But let's go to the defensive coaching and scheme here. They're going to rank 31st in that. They're going to overall be the 29th best defense in football, running more of a 3-4 scheme here. Um, now let's take a look here. Let's wonder if anything to add on. Let's move on to his pass rush. It's going to rank 28th. Man, Warner, what are we thinking about this pass rush?
0: I like the pick of Arnold Ebikite, if I said, or uh Ebe, yeah, Jeez, of we, course, we suck with names. Of Gr- course, Grady Jarrett um, has definitely shown in the past that he can be a very, very um, good pass rusher. Right. Lorenzo Carter, Wiley veteran, I guess. Marlon Davidson, meh. Um, but with a lack of depth here, um, you're really relying on the rookie uh, out of Penn State to pick up the slack and take some pressure off Grady Jarrett, who really can be double teamed and triple teamed with ease being on the inside. Um, but I think you can definitely have a good duo if, if Ebikite and Garrett uh, and Garrett um, can really flourish and, and kind of have a one two punch there. Otherwise, you're not getting much from Marlon Davidson or Lorenzo Carter, and and you have no depth, uh, which which is definitely going to hurt. You know, you're going to have to have some some rotational keep the pass rushers fresh type of uh, type of rotation.
1: Yeah, and Ken Grady-Jarrett, who took a step back last season and had a down year as a comparison to 2019, or really 2017 to 2020. Um, so really the key here is, can Grady-Jarrett come back to that form where he's around 55 pressures or so, getting five to ten sacks? That's going to be a real huge key. Um, I-, I think that will really help this defense and help this pass rush group here, if that is possible, and get back because I think we know as well he's gonna be really, really good in the run game as well. But can he get back to being that game record in pass pro or pass defense as well? Rushing the passer and clogging up those gaps. Um, he only had 36 pressures last season, which is not that great. Um, and yeah, he just take it off after the quarterback at the same effectiveness that we were accustomed to seeing with a guy like Grazier. Um, R.A. I like that pick a lot. I had him mocked as a late first round draft pick, so getting him in the second round, I think, is great value. Um, so credit to the Falcons addressing some needs defensively, specifically with this pass rush group. I think if Grady Jerry can get back to where he was at uh, a couple seasons ago, that'd be nice for this Falcons defense. Uh, this run defense group, oh man, terrible, terrible. That's that's an understatement. I'm not gonna lie to you. The worst in the entire NFL. This is even if Grady Jarrett can have a resurgence defensively with this run
0: defense. Uh and to be honest, if they want to be good pass rusher, he's probably gonna have to take a few rest rest downs on uh on run defense downs. I mean, Deion Jones is, is a really good linebacker. They have really deep linebacker room They've got five guys who could start um for him, but you only have two spots for it running that three four. Um, and and you're gonna be a nickel most of the time anyway. So um with with Ebiquite, Lorenzo Carter, those guys can defend the run fine, I guess. Ray Jarrett's fine. Marlon Davidson is fine. Richie Grant, I'm really excited for him in year two. Yeah, me too. Um to take the next step. But Eric Harris doesn't give you much. Isaiah Oliver um, is, you know, he's fine. He's fine against the run, but he's he's a corner. You don't want to lean on a slot corner. You want the slot corner to do his job, maintain the edge, um, is usually what slot corners do. But maintain the edge, not get blocked by a receiver, and, and force the running back back inside to your bigger, beefier dudes in your linebackers and, and your defensive line.
1: Absolutely. So, Warner, is there any real upside for this group to get out and at least get to a little slightly below average, not be the worst running you know, defense group in the entire NFL?
0: I really like their linebackers. I truly do. Deion Jones, Michael Walker, Troy Anderson, Kwiatkowski, and Rashawn Evans. But if this defensive line, if these five guys cannot keep offensive linemen from climbing up to that second level and blocking linebackers, it's going to all fall apart no matter how good these linebackers are. And, and I think that's that's the main, main concern here uh, for the Falcons is their, their defensive line is not good enough to keep those offensive linemen out of the second level.
1: Let's move on here to the secondary, which is going to rank 19th, which might come as a bit of a surprise to some of you. But man, oh man, we have a guy like AJ Terrell, who number one corner. Number one corner. He made that very well known last season. Who had a a suspect year one, not a terrible year one, he but just, a, just rookie a rookie year corner, corner year one. And but he came back with a vengeance last last season. He played like. I mean, right now he's definitely top ten. But last season he played like a top five corner. I think it's just more so can he replicate that performance? Yeah. Casey Henry getting him in it to be a really solid number two corner. I
0: like I love him as a number two. As a number two age. at this age, um, he just he's just not a number one. He's like, just he not a number one. one.
1: Yeah, and even then he had a really one season with us as a number one.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, say Oliver out of the slot. I don't mind that either. Richie Grant again. We really expect him to have a great season. We were going back and forth in the pre-draft process two seasons or last year. If he or Drayvon Morig were the number one uh, safety in that class. And, man, I mean, we, we like both of those guys so, so much. And they get Richie Grant. Eric Harris is fine. Um, Jalen Hawkins, you have some of these guys as well. Darren Hall, your cornerback depth. I do think the biggest thing is there's not a lot of quality depth here in the secondary room. Yeah. But again, don't focus on where they rank. They are above average secondary room here. And if AJ Terrell can have another stout top five season, kind of sort of put together seasons like a Denzel Ward would yeah. where you just have back to back to
0: back. Really, really, really I really like that comparison there. Um, and and hopefully for the they can take the next step. But no matter how good the secondary is. Teams just won't throw the ball because These how bad the their, ball, running, ball, their running, game the running game is. And, and that's really – that's that's kind of what it's going to come down to, which kind of leads us into their their final grade. Um, they're going to end up ranking 29th with uh, just under an average grade of 67.17. Uh, 26th offensively, 29th defensively, leading to a 29th overall um, grade. Cherry Fontenot's guys work cut out for him though. If he if he wants to both keep his job because I don't think this he's done very two. good going in and year I don't two. think he's done really good over the last two years. Um, and, and I don't
1: think it's been terrible, but I, I think I think in his defense, there's been a lot. There's been a lot of turmoil trying to tear down what was a really bad organization and a lot of bad pieces and a lot of bad bad contracts. Just
0: general manager's morning twenty eight to three really.
1: Yeah, jeez. Um, and I think Arthur Smith does raise the the floor of this team in general a lot. And again, going back to that defense that we kind of touched on, AJ Terrell is a big reason why that defense is going to be good. They're not going to they're going to be way more fearful to pass on that defense because of guys like AJ Terrell. And now they have a legit number two corner as well. Biggest key is can one of those playmakers you're talking about, uh, Drake London or uh, you know Brian Edwards, can one of these guys step up next season? But right now they're gonna rank 29. This was kind of more of an optimistic look on the Falcons, very similar to the Eagles from last season. But that Eagles team had a lot more figured out and a lot less question marks. This Falcons team has like 20 things they need to go right before we can even dare say, yeah, maybe.
0: And so to as we wrap things up, what are those things that need to go right? They need to they need to have a, a step by we think either Drake London or Brian Edwards. Right. Um. They're going to need to really block up the run well to take pressure off the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um. They're going to need to have consistent quarterback play. I think if if they play a little bit worse than Jalen Hurts played um, the year before uh, or for the Eagles last year, because uh, he's kind of a one read one read and dip. Now he's he's been working on that. Definitely done a lot better as a passer in terms of both his his brains and also just his ball placement and his accuracy. Um. But having athletic quarterbacks isn't necessarily a bad thing and i think if the falcons can really develop that run game keep the uh, get receivers open and uh, coach up these these quarterbacks to really follow the reads trust their offensive line um you keep them off balance with a good running game
1: <clears throat> that opens up a, your passing yeah, game and you can for have year. a good
0: offense uh and then having a very good secondary at least corner wise um will take pressure off of your pass rush um the only question is that run defense, which is pretty poor. And to be like, quite honest, I really don't see that turnaround. I
1: don't see that turnaround. That That's the one real spot on this entire roster. I'm like, yeah, that that's not going to change um, going into next season. Or, or not change drastically. We're like, oh, okay, so it could make a real difference. Yeah. Uh, maybe they're not dead last, but it's not going to jump anywhere. Like They'll be like 29th. Um And that's
0: probably just because the Texans have to Colts to the Titans twice.
1: twice. Um, um Also, Richie Grant, can he have uh, a breakout season as that well? Would be very AJ,
0: big for that defense.
1: AJ Terrell having another solid season. Grady Jarrett having a bounce back here. Not necessarily saying he had a bad season last year, but just becoming more of a game wrecker again like he was in I mean, years we, past. We were, we
0: were putting him up with, you know, it was Aaron Donald, Chris Jones, and Grady Jarrett. Yeah. Aaron Donald, Chris Jones, and Grady Jarrett on the interior rushers. Love your interior rushers. You know, edge rushers are great, but you can wreck the game from the interior. So you do this, this, and this. Uh, and and Grady Jarrett just really hasn't led up to it, uh, yeah, lived up to it,
1: live up to it, and uh, hopefully, Jalen Mayfield can uh learn how to play football as well. At least <laughs> run, at least run, at least at least do the thing you're actually supposed to be good at, yes. Um, uh, but let's wrap things up with the schedule predictions and the Vegas over under. Vegas has the bar set at four and a half.
0: This win, make sure you guys go watch our last episode of the um, the team that got a six and a half over under six, which should not, have gone, which
1: should not have gone six and a half we're gonna go no bet this this schedule is really really tough to really pick uh first off they have a really really bad bye week it's week 14 which is does not benefit them at all really at least as of right now with them not looking like a playoff team only way you can really talk me into week 14 being a halfway decent bye is if, is you're, a if you're a playoff team, team you know get another rest before a quick rest before that final three, four week stretch of the season. Real quick.
0: Um, I want to highlight week nine here uh for our second channel log. Um, oh boy. Sean, you have the charge of losing week nine. Please say what you've said for the last four episodes. The
1: chart. We, I, I know I've sounded like you guys think I'm joking when I say this, we're going to lose to the Falcons at week nine. I think it's in Atlanta. That's another big one. It's in Atlanta. We lose one game a year to some really, really bad football team i.e. the freaking Houston, Texas. Now, the only reason why I'm, I, I'm cautioning saying we might win this game is because it's not late in the year when there's a playoff spot on the line. Um, <laughs> it's in the middle of the season, so we might get lucky enough to beat the Falcons in Atlanta. But this kid is really, really tough. But I still think there's some winnable games here. We had them losing to Seattle, keeping some of that continuity like we did with the Seahawks episode. Go check that out. Even though Deshaun Watson, hopefully, unless Goodell's really that stupid, hopefully he's suspended for week four. Even then, I still think the Browns defense is just too good. It might be six to three, but <laughs> yeah. the Browns defense is too good. And the um, Browns
0: running game is the Browns well.
1: run running game is still really, really yeah. good. And that's the one thing the Falcons can't do. We we know confidently can't do is they can't stop the run. They, they could split one, they could also sweep Carolina, but we think Baker's good enough to get them one for sure against the Falcons. We have the losing to the Bears. Like, they have some very winnable games on the schedule, but they have a lot of short fire. Nope, 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 nope. Like, they're not being the Rams. They're not being the Bucks. They're not being the Niners. I'm not going to lie to you, Warner. I thought about it for like three seconds. That Bengals game, I thought about it for three seconds.
0: This is not um, the Bengals of old, though. True. Which I, I also had the same thought as you. We were on the same same page, thought about man, for three
1: seconds, but... and nah, they're not being the Ravens in Baltimore. The Cardinals, <laughs> they
0: might be the Cardinals.
1: <laughs> Uh, but as you guys will see, we're actually really, really low on the.
0: And you know they might they might split with the Bucks too, especially if the Bucks. The Bucks don't the care in Week
1: 18, 18 yeah. right? But um, we're gonna go no bet. There's a scenario where this Falcons team wins three games. There's a scenario where the Falcons team win like six, maybe even seven games. Um, wow. I think that seven games is really, really pushing it. So I'm glad. Like if you're a betting man, and this was like five and a half. I confidently say under. So
0: I will say though. I think they get I think they have four wins by week seventeen, and I think that week eighteen game is gonna ruin it's a gonna lot of bets. Re- it's
1: gonna bets. ruin a lot of people's bets. Um I, I think they're good enough to win a game they're not supposed to. I think a lot of that is due to the coaching with coach Arthur Smith. LA Chargers. <laughs> Thanks. Right? I, I genuinely thought you were sneezing. I was about to say bless you. Um, but see you're just a, a, The Chargers need blessed. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: oh man. Anyway, guys. Thank you so so much for watching and tuning into this episode of the Sports Ten Lines podcast. This is the fourth installment of our preseason power ranking series. Make sure you guys do subscribe to the YouTube channel at Sports Ten Lines and follow us on Twitter at Sports Ten Line Eight. Follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore DAVI. I wanted you to care enough about Twitter anyway. And one last reminder: do listen. If you're not listening already on podcasting platforms, give us a five star rating and review. The easiest way to help the podcast. Sean Davis here, Warner Sanker. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. Peace out.